You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, if you haven't had the opportunity to stop into your local Interstate Batteries retail store and talk with a battery specialist, you need to do that because these guys are very knowledgeable about every kind of battery, hence the name Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera to your rangefinder, any battery that you need, these guys can help you find. Even if it's a specific, unique, one-off battery, these guys can help you find what you need. If you want to find out more information on Interstate Batteries, about their brand, about their history, about the company in general, and all the batteries they offer, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thomas. With me today, my co-host, Micah. What's up, man? What's up, dude? Andy couldn't make it this go-around, unfortunately. Nope. This was kind of a, it's kind of a two-parter anyways. We did one the other day, and then one tonight. Got to one done up. tonight. Yeah, so today's episode um, is we're, we're excited returning about. Returning guest. Returning guests. Uh, two of the uh, five guys drawn for the elk uh, hunt here in Missouri are going to come back on and talk about their success stories. Uh, Sam Schultz and Gene Gilkey uh, both were able to take a bull down during the rifle portion of elk season, and we get to talk to both of them about the story. Yeah, they give us a recap of everything that happened. So. Yeah, some funny stuff happened to both of them. And, <laughs> yep. Uh, some some crappy stuff happened to Sam right yeah, off the bat in, some in uh, dry, archery. Some dry spells, actually seeing some elk. I mean, we, we hear it all. So yeah. it's really good. They both did awesome jobs. And, I mean, obviously they both had success. We all know that. Yeah, so. yeah we're not we're – not, uh, Gonna be able to hide <laughs> yeah, it from yeah, anybody not anyway, that. and also congratulations to the other guys, Mike sure. and uh, and sure. Joe, uh, and you know, uh, Bill still got Bill a still has bit. a chance. We're actually recording this the day after season, so you know, there's always a chance he there's always a chance he might have got something last yeah, night. Nobody we, knows about yeah, it yet, but know, so. uh, congratulations to the other two guys as well. Uh, we weren't able to talk to them, but that's okay. Um, so first up, we're gonna have Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll, we're interviewing Sam over the phone. Um, Sam goes into just everything he did and his his success, and uh, we'll go from there. So you just want to get right into this. This will be a decently long episode. So Yep. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast.
All right. On the line with us today is one of the the lucky five, Sam Schultz. Sam, what's up, man? How's it going? Oh, going good. Um, so for anybody that listened to our earlier episodes back when we first started our podcast, actually. Yeah, which one? Uh, was I don't, it like four or something like I that? I don't remember. No, they were after that. But Were they? Yeah. Okay. There's another episode. What we're trying to get at is yeah. there's another episode where Sam came on with a few of the other um, guys that got uh, drawn for the elk tags in Missouri and talked about getting drawn. So Sam is a returning guest, so we appreciate that. And uh, now we got a really cool story to tell because, Sam, what'd you do? <laughs> what'd you what, do, you son of a bitch? What time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As everybody well, knows, the four of the five guys, they all have had success. I yeah. mean, so that's awesome. That's right. Missouri, so yeah. we're recording this on, what, what's today's date here? The December 18th. 18th. Missouri has had one crazy week when it comes to elk hunting. Yeah. Yeah, it all kind of seemed to happen this week so far. Yeah, four four of the five guys, like Micah said, have all uh, harvested a, a beautiful bull. All of them. Uh, all every of single them one of them, ones. which is obviously the only thing they can shoot. Sure. But uh, they've all harvested one in the last week. Sam got it done what day, buddy? Uh, Tuesday night. I think it was at the 15th. Nice. That sounds right, yeah. I'll, I'll take your word I for it. I'm not looking like at a calendar. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't pay that much attention to the dates. Yep. <laughs> I just remember it was a Tuesday night. <laughs> right. Awesome. So we're going to tell some stories today. Um, before we get into it, so we haven't talked to you since you found out. Uh, I mean, I've, text, I've texted you back and forth, kind of keeping in touch. Uh, so I kind of know some of this stuff. But uh, why don't we start with, once you found out, we talked to you and how excited you were and all that stuff. What did you do from the time you found out till the time archery season hit as far as getting ready? For for the people that haven't or don't know, uh, Sam doesn't live anywhere near where he was hunting. Uh, you live up by St. Louis, right? I live uh, about 60 miles north of St. Louis. Yeah, so even further. Yeah, um, It's not like Sam gets to just take a, a, a afternoon trip down to um, the conservation, Shannon, Carter, and Reynolds counties and do some scouting. So what did you do from the time you found out till the time of the season hit to kind of get yourself ready? So really all I did was uh, I found out where Peck Ranch was and started from there <laughs> and just kind of started working my way around it, learning the area, yeah, figuring out where roads go, where they come out and where they dead end. And you turn around and drive back a couple miles, you know, things what? like uh, things like that, really. Was uh, this you driving down there, or is this, this all online looking, like maps and um, stuff? No, I, I actually did very little online. I just kind of pulled it up a few times on... Um, Google Earth hunt, or whatnot? Uh, yeah, like on X, on, on Xon okay. or yep. Hunt Stand or whatever. Yep. And I uh, just kind of kind of got a quick look at it, and then uh, I'm, I don't know, I don't scout that way. I'm... Uh, I'm Boots, boots on, on the, the ground, ground guy. Yeah, boots yeah. on the ground. I got gotcha. you. Hey, we can agree with – I mean, we're both that way too. So you actually did go down then several times, huh? I went down – I decided I wasn't going to go until September. I figured it would be closer to maybe them staying in the pattern that they were going to be. And I figured if I went down in June, July, or whatever like that, that they would change anyways. I didn't know – I don't know, but – Sure. So I'd waited till September before I headed down. Sure. I mean, I'm sure their and, pattern uh, changed just like deer. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That way you're not wasting time and had to totally switch your game plan up. So, 
yeah, <clears throat> well, that was my idea, and uh, it was somewhat right. <laughs> I went down three three times, three times before the uh, October hunt, and uh, the last hunt, or the last time I went down, it was like uh, the weekend before it actually opened in October, mm-hmm. and I and I found a real big six by seven. It was probably a 350 inch bull with 20 cows right on the edge of where I can hunt. Oh, wow. So, so it's an option, you know what I mean? Oh, you know, we're talking within a hundred yards of where I can actually legally hunt and right. not hunt. Okay. And, and then, uh, and actually the next day I kind of looked in a different area and I had a buddy with me and he went back down in that area and found another, uh, nice six by six, which, I'm not so sure that ain't the one Mike killed. Okay. Because he was over in that area. It's similar. I, I, don't, I don't know. Hell, there could be two, three, four of them, you know, oh, sure. like that. But but he's seen one there the next day. So I'm locked in. I know where I'm hunting, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, so, so the next weekend is opening weekend. So I get down there the Friday before the Saturday opens. <clears throat> well, all that week, I didn't know this. They had a managed deer hunt in peck ranch in the refuge oh geez and uh, so i got there there was three trucks parked and people hunting right where all them bulls and that were so you can imagine what was not there anymore right (laughs) and i can imagine how your heart felt at that moment (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh, i was thinking okay either the other elk hunters all found this one spot (laughs) (laughs) or yeah so but before you get too far, on your trips previous coming down, did you, every time you come down, did you find some elk or was it not till the last nope. trip? So you didn't find any till the last trip and then you were like, okay, I didn't here they are. Find, yeah. I didn't find any till the last trip. The trip before, the trip before, I just started finding a few rubs here and there. I mean, you got you to look at, you're talking... And also they herds roughly 220-ish to 230 and say there's roughly 60 to 70 bulls. That's a lot of animals to find in in three counties of solid woods. Yeah. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not like you just walk out, hey, here's one right here, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and then the other issue you run into, which has got to be, I mean, we're elk hunters, so we understand this, is you might find an elk the weekend before you hunt it. Um, and that means nothing, really, because an elk can be th- 30 miles away in a day right (laughs) and uh you know so it's it's one of them deals where you hope that's where they're going to be and you know it'd be interesting to know the movements of like a missouri elk right now compared to a western elk i would assume the range probably isn't as big maybe not as big but uh who knows but right yeah so okay you you located elk the weekend before you get down there a few days before the season and you see all these deer hunters yeah so then what yeah uh, well, so I, so I, I knew nowhere else to start other than I went ahead and hunted where I had, you know, seen elk and only heard one bugle for the first day. Didn't see an elk, couldn't find them, couldn't get on them, you know? Mm-hmm. And at this time, this is, uh, what we start? I think it was October 17th was the first day I'm picking right, something like that. Uh, yeah, it was. And we're not, we're not talking optimal elk hunting weather. So, gives you uh, the first. Let's see, the first uh, starting. I guess Saturday evening. I don't know. It rained for like thirty six hours straight. 
Oh, uh, the next day was 35 mile an hour winds, and then the following day was 80. <laughs> you know, so yeah, the odds were really stacked against you right there. You know, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so, um, it was kind of a hit and miss. So I, I hunted in that area for uh, the first day, and then uh, the following morning, and then I decided to move. Mm. You know, I went went to. Uh, just some kind of, you know, you hear the rumor mills around. Well, I see an elk over here. I see an elk over there. And I'm all in. Uh, now I'm looking for them places and scouting, hunting all at the same time. You know. Yeah. Right. So what? So, bef- before we get to this next part of the story, which I already know, but was your strategy to try to well, obviously locate them if they're bugling. But the conditions weren't going to make that very easy the first day and a few days. Um, was your strategy then to move and try to find sign and then go off that? Or, you know, what were you yeah. thinking once you, you kind of, so, you know, shit hit the fan and all of a sudden you were doing other stuff that you weren't assuming you were going to be doing those first few days? So after the first few days, it, it kind of – in my head, I didn't really talk to anybody about it, but in my head, they just come out of the end of the rut. They were rutting hard, you know, the week before. They just come out of it. So I figured they're probably not, I mean, they're kind of probably bugle again, but there's going to be like, like a lull for a week or so that they're laying low, you know, in my head, and, and that they're probably going to start looking for food a little bit before they start this, the younger ones start running around and that with them too, mm-hmm. and then that's push them out. So I kind of, I, I kind of started looking towards uh, any areas where there may be a food plot or open fields that they may want to venture to, you know, the things, you know, and see if there were sign around there, like they would start using that, you know, but it didn't, uh, from that point on, it was just uh, throw, a, throw a dart at the wall. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Well, let's try this spot. You know, this looks like a good spot. Let's try it. Right. That that is you a know. perfect um, way to wrap up elk hunting in a in a nutshell. You throw a dart at the wall <laughs> yeah, and, and start there, and then start moving from there. <laughs> Did you have any uh, buddies or family or anything like that hunting with you? So the first, so uh, my wife and two boys, my two younger boys, had come down with me. Actually, my my middle boy come down with me, and then my wife and my youngest boy had come down the next day because on the way down from my camper my truck screwed up <laughs> so she was bringing me apart to fix it oh yeah i, I told you i had some good stories yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i i burned uh i burned a tank of diesel fuel in 20 miles fuel rail it was all kinds of a mess oh, but geez. i finally made it there <laughs> yeah made it. and uh you finally and make I, I it there and then boy. see a million hunters sparked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, gonna go. it just takes the wind right out of your sails. <laughs> yeah, so it's starting out good. Um, so I had my middle boy with me the first two days, but they had to go back on Sunday because they had school on Monday. Mm-hmm. So she took them back. So so from there on, I was yeah, I was by myself. Okay. And um, so yeah, you you made a switch. You started you know doing different things, and then. Of course, I know this, but, you know, what happened then, you know, you really didn't get the opportunity opportunity during archery season to figure out anything because what happened on, uh, was it day three or day four? Uh, actually, it was, the, I, it was the morning of day five. It might have been day four. Morning of day five. It was Wednesday morning, gotcha. first thing, right, right at, 
I don't know, 7.30 or something. So I had moved all the way to, I don't know, 10, 12 miles away from where I was to a place over by, they call Rocky Falls, by Clefts Mill. And I uh, never been there. I found it at dark, and I slid in there, and uh, and I was worked my way down to the river. There was a, a field down at the bottom that I wanted to at least see if they were using it. So I got down. Now, mind you, like I said it just rained 36 hours straight, right. so everything's wet and muddy. You know, I get all the way down, and I don't know how I didn't kill myself getting down to the creek. You know, and then I get to the creek, and when uh, I went across the creek, and th- this is uh, big rocks in the creek, you know, like big boulder style, not pebbles and sure. stuff. Mm-hmm. I went to step across, put my foot out there and twist it, and everything's good. And as soon as I left my other foot, down I went. And my, uh, my left hand swung backwards because I grabbed my bow with my right hand, you know, to swing it up and lift my head up, make sure I didn't hit that and my head. And it smacked off the rock. And then so I landed down in the water, so I rolled over to get up. And then when I did that, I guess my hand went down two, between two rocks and took my my middle finger and basically went ahead and folded it back to touch my wrist. Oof. I can feel yeah, that. <laughs> so I pull my hand out. So I, so I grab my stuff. I climb up out of the creek, and I don't know. It's probably fifty degrees, and I was just laying in water. You know, spring-fed water, so cold. Oh and yeah. For about twenty seconds, I got hot, like hot, and like I was going to throw up. So I just kept walking. I'm like, I can't stop. And then after about twenty seconds, you know, it went away, and man, my hand hurt so bad. So I looked at it, and it just had a little bitty spot swelled up. And so I was like, well, maybe it's just jammed, you know? So uh-huh. I grabbed my finger and I, and I pulled on it. Nothing changed other than the pain got worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, well, that's not it. Yeah. Uh, so I grabbed my next finger, which would be the ring finger, and I pulled it, and I could hear up on my ears. I heard the bone come apart. Oh, man. So I, Jeez. <laughs> so I jammed it back together. <laughs> and, okay, well, that one's broke. <laughs> so... So, okay, so I know that's screwed up for sure. Yeah. And, note, uh, note to listeners, if you feel like something's broken, don't start yanking on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, at, so at the time, that part of my hand, it, that part never hurt. It right. It didn't swell up. Anywhere where it broke, it didn't It didn't swell up anything right there, and it didn't bruise, and it didn't hurt right there. Mm. So the pain, well, as you can imagine, when, I don't know, that much pain, it, it, the whole thing hurts. You really couldn't pinpoint it, but it right. wasn't like right there so i didn't really know so i knew that was broke but i went ahead and i grabbed my stuff and i headed to the river anyways where i was going to hunt i wasn't giving up yet uh-huh. so i got i got down to this field area you know and there was deer on the hillside and they were kind of looking around so i thought maybe there was something down in there because them deer down there really don't hang out with these elk they stay far away from them. i've learned this <laughs> they don't mess with them so um so I figured, oh, I guess I better see if I can hold my bow. And as soon as I tried to grab it, it was there was no way. Yeah. So you weren't getting a shot off, even if it. even if you I, could. I could. I even yeah, because I, I wanted to see. It. I didn't. So I didn't go any further. I didn't want to go. Well, that sucks. There's out there, you know. So right. I turned around and hiked back to my truck. About I don't know. That's probably a mile away. And, uh, and drove to where I got service out to Winona. And then I really wasn't going to go to the hospital or nothing, but call my wife and said, kind of look around. I might have broke my hand, and she kind of made me go. So, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. And they said, uh, they said, so I went, 
so uh, you need to go see an orthopedic surgeon tomorrow. I said, oh, great. So now I'm by myself. I have a 38-foot toy hauler. The four-wheeler's in the back of the truck that i got to unload and put in the camper, you know, and everything else, coolers and all that. With one hand. So <laughs> With one hand. So I got everything loaded up, and I uh, headed home Wednesday afternoon. And then uh, Thursday morning, they, they didn't have to pin it or nothing. He said, I don't know what you did, but you put it right exactly where it needed to be. So they just casted it. Jeez, and, that uh, sucks. So I asked him, I, I said, so I don't know how long I'm going to be in this. I said, I don't care how you do this, but leave my trigger finger out. <laughs> so he made my cast where my trigger finger was left out of it in case I needed it. There you yeah. go. Well, thinking but, ahead. Thinking ahead is what you were doing. <laughs> no, because, you know, I was like, yeah. It's like, so yeah. that pretty much went the bow hunting part for me. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure listeners caught on, but you shoot a compound, right? You're not shooting a crossbow. So, I mean. Right. So, and yeah. And I have a crossbow, and everybody's like, well, I can use a crossbow. Well, I I don't have a $2,000 crossbow where you can crank a reel and it pulls back. You have to use two hands to pull it back. So, right. you know, I, I couldn't even pull it back if I wanted to. Right. Yeah, so that, that's got to be, I mean, at that exact time, that had to be discouraging. You're well, like, no, that's a kick in the nuts. That's what that is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what are the freaking chances? I get this one so, opportunity in my life, and I break my damn hand. Yeah. So I look at it like this. I, I could have done that, and you know, but and I was like, you know, I'd seen no elk for the first four days. The weather was still shitty. It was 80s the next day also. I'm like, maybe maybe I'm not, maybe I was wasting my time. So, you know, sure. maybe not. But, you know, you don't know. You can't kill them from the couch. But still, I was like, okay, it was, maybe it wasn't going to work out for me anyways. So, right. if I'd have been seeing elk and all that and hearing them, oh, it, it would have been way worse, you know. Right. But. I wasn't seeing any. I wasn't hearing any. So I didn't feel as bad. And yes, it still sucked because I would have stayed the whole time anyways, sure. even if I wouldn't have seen one thing. But right, uh, right. So it could have been a blessing. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? So it, things happen for right, a reason. But. Right. So you break your hand. You head home. And now, did you? How, I guess. So I mean, that's October. Well, he would have broken his hand somewhere around what, like the twentieth or somewhere around that date. Yeah. Right. So you have yeah. roughly what a month? Well, so a little over a month. Rifle right? started on December twelfth. Okay. So he had essentially two months. I mean, not yeah. quite two months to sit there and think. And yeah, did you go yeah. down there anymore in between? Uh, after after archery to until rifle, did you go down to check out anything else? I did. So before I left the hunting spot, and I had actually was coming out one night, and I met met a couple of people down there, um, Ron and Sandy Morton, who are who live down there. And they own 500 acres, not too far from uh, by uh, Paint Rock, mm-hmm. and they were actually looking for elk that night because that's who Mike. They were helping Mike at the time, which I didn't meet Mike yet until the next day. Okay. So, and I was talking to him and he was, he was helping me out. You know, he was like, Hey, I've been seeing a real nice five by five right here. You know, and he was, you know, and gave me his number said, you call me if you kill something, I'll come help you. You know, I want, we want to see you guys, you know, we want to see this be successful because they've been helping the NBC since it started getting uh-huh. in the elk program and the food plots and all that, helping them. Right. Very cool. So, you know, so then when I was leaving, I called, I called Ron and I said, Hey, I'm, 
I, I broke my hand. I'm done hunting. And um, he, what he said was, get healed up and get call me and come down and we'll do some scouting. So I actually was able. I only went back one more time before the rifle season. I went the week before. Okay. I I figured I figured at that point I was either going to find them or it was going to be in the same boat as I'm going to have to keep searching. You know. Yeah, similar um, to to archery season. It was no sense in going. The week after you had surgery, things are going to change so much between then and December twelfth. Right, because because at at that late of the season, they're they're on food. You know, they're they're going to their food. You know, ruts over it ended at the end of middle of October. That's six weeks later. They're they're going in their winter pattern for sure. Yeah. So before we get into the rifle portion, you tell us kind of what you experienced till the day you you made it happen. One thing I wanted to ask you. Uh, and cause you're the second person that has kind of said this to us. Uh, and obviously you said Mike was also talking and, and, um, you know, the locals were helping. How were the locals to you guys? It seems like to me, uh, from what I've heard, everybody was really awesome to you guys and helpful and almost offering to help you out. Um, you know, more than, more than I've, you know, really seen. It's not like a deer hunter shows up and, you know, all the locals are out trying to help them get something. Right. Uh, is that the experience you had down there is, is a lot of people with open arms trying to see you guys be successful? So I, I'd only met a few and, uh, that they were, yeah, they were, they may not have zero information, but they were, they were pretty, uh, pretty avid. Like, Hey, you know, good job. You know, I know this guy over here, he might've known where some are and stuff like that. You know, and like I met a guy walking down the road, stopped and talked to him, and he said, I don't really see him up here, but down by this place, I've seen him down there before, and we've had some pictures, and I know people, and things like that. So it wasn't one of them things, why don't you guys get out of here? You know, you guys are all city hunters, like everybody thinks, you know. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> of another... course, everybody's a center hunter since they didn't get drawn. Hey, you know, yeah. we, we can also do something right now. We can put this to bed because I think in the last four days, or well, since, since you and Mike, uh, you know, really started the avalanche after um, Joe got one uh, the week before or the weekend before. I bet I've read five to twenty comments about, well, all these guys that drew are rich and stuff. Um, right. Remind everybody again, Sam, what you do for a living. <laughs> I'm a I'm a carpenter. He's a carpenter. Uh, He's just so a regular guy, just like everybody rich. else. I have to work. Yes, right. I have to work every day. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't drive a new vehicle. I've never owned one in my life. So, yeah. Believe me, I, I'd love to be rich. <laughs> we <laughs> but, all would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. We're all just I, jealous I bought, of those I people. All my hunting stuff, and you know, it's just. Yeah, it's one of the things I, I thought it would be fun to put to bed because I read that and I thought, let's see, I talked to Sam. We've talked to Gene. We've talked to Bill. Not single one of them guys are loaded with money and was able to buy their tag. The, right. You won the it, lottery just like any lottery a, you'd ever win. Yeah, it was a yeah. fair and square. And, and, I, can, and I can tell you that uh, the other two guys are not rich either. I talked to both of them. One works in a factory and the other's uh, like an electrician. Or yeah, uh, so. Mike actually, a guy we know, works with Mike. And so okay. small, yeah, small world. I know he's an electrician too, so I mean it's yeah, just regular guys yeah. that are hunters. That's all there is to yeah, it. Yeah, they got lucky. Exactly you know. right. So got the golden ticket. So <laughs> so but, let's yeah, get into rifle season. Yeah, rifle. Uh, so if you want, you just take us through the season because I don't know how every day went for you yet. Um, so just take us through the season, and we'll get to the day you made it happen. So so like I said, I I met Ron and Sandy Morton 
down there. And so I, I met with him. I, I went down there, and he said, just come down, meet me at my house Saturday morning. It's the week before, and uh, we'll go out scouting. So I went to his house. We left his house at 8 o'clock that morning and then side by side, and we got back at dark. All day he took me out going places. That's and awesome. Looking for sign, walking through the hills with me. And uh, when I left there, he said, let me call my buddy. So where he lives, right behind him, he's got a little cabin, a little two-bedroom cabin. It's got heat, water, electric, everything. And he said, let me call my buddy. If he ain't coming down, you can just stay here. There's no reason for you to drag your camper down and pay all that money in that. Oh, wow. So That's awesome. Yeah, so he, I, I left, and I came home, and um, he, he called me the next day. and said, hey, Danny's not coming down. They're going to Arizona. You can stay at the house. Perfect. <laughs> How cool so, is that? That's you freaking know. awesome. Yeah. He said it don't cost you it don't cost you a thing and and I said well I, you know how do you thank somebody for that I'm like I said uh, my wife and one of my boys one at least one of them's gonna come down he's like they're all welcome oh that's cool so so we get to so I get down there on Friday before the uh, opening opening day of the rifle part me and my middle boy again so we get down there. and we get everything dialed in with Ron, and we go kind of looking that night, just, you know, seeing if they're coming in the fields. Really not, not, we didn't really see a ton. We've seen a few spikes in that, a couple cows. So so the next morning, we went up on this uh, ridge kind of high above where these elk were using down the bottoms. That's the place that actually Joe, the guy that killed the first one, killed his. Uh-huh. We were up on this ridge. And there was a sign everywhere. They must have been up there. That's where they were bedding and eating acorns. So <clears throat> about 9.30, they started bugling this late in the season. So they were coming behind us, coming back after what we already went through. Mm-hmm. So I had, uh, so we turned around and come back to them, come back to them. We found them. There were about 20 of them bedded up on the side of the hill. And we set up and we called a few times. And a spike came up out of the bottoms and walked about 25 feet from my son. Was staring at him. This this is the coolest part to me, you know, because he's excited. And then a real good five by five. He's probably a 200, 200, 210 inch five by five. Come walking up at 40 yards and was staring at us that I could have killed really this Saturday morning at 9:30. Mm. and uh they hung all around us looking for that cow call that kind of finally went on and you know after they decided i wasn't it was opening morning you know what i mean i was going to go ahead and wait i had i killed one roughly a little bigger now oh years ago so i was waiting so you know but eventually they went on it was about noon and we got out of there so we come back that night and we hunted down in the bottoms what they call log yard and uh there's some big food plots down there so me and my son had set up down there that night in a ground blind and we're watching and at the far end of the food plot a bull comes out and now at the time i doesn't i don't know joe's here joe come in after us joe's the guy that killed the first one gotcha yeah and i'm and i'm glassing this bull so i cow called at him a couple more times, and he comes on a beeline right to me. I mean, he's walking to me. He started out at 300 yards. He's at 200 now, 
and I'm watching, and he stops. He turns broadside like he's going to go to the river. I'm like, man, I don't know what's going on. And then, boom, I'm glassing when Joe shoots this thing. Oh, wow. I watch him shoot it, hit the side. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> it's like, it's and, like... I, and, I, and I was sitting there, and I waited. We waited about five minutes. He'd put another one in it because it moved its head, which I don't blame him. He's not getting away. You don't, know what I mean? Don't leave him any chance. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So I waited about five or six minutes, and nobody crossed his field. I'm like, I hope somebody didn't. Because there's, there's an old gravel road that runs through there that kind of drive down and goes to, a, goes to the river. Uh-huh. I'm like, God, I hope somebody didn't shoot this bull off the road, poached it. Right. So I walked out, and it was Joe standing there in the uh, corner of the field. He had come in after us. He didn't know we were there because we did We got dropped off, so we didn't have nothing parked anywhere close. Yeah, sure. He walked over to me. He goes, "I am so sorry. I feel like such an ass." I'm <laughs> like, "You didn't know we were here, and obviously, I didn't know you were there. You come in after us." And I said, "It's not a big deal to me." I, I said, I, "I don't. I don't mean to say anything about this, but I wasn't going to shoot this bull." Sure. And he, congratulations. He was about. That he was point. like the. Yeah, I was like, "Let's go up and check it out," because he was like. So we walked up to it. I said, "Congratulations, you're the first one to kill one in Missouri." I, and I, you know, I said, "Make sure." I said, "You got help and everything coming and all that." He's like, "Yeah, I got these guys coming, some locals and all that." I said, "Okay, well then, there's like 25 minutes left." Like, so I said, "Okay, well we're gonna we're gonna hustle out of here if you got." So I walked about a half a mile to the food plot that was not far away, and I walked in there and I had another five by five come out at 240 yards. So that's the third one I could have killed that morning, you know, Jeez. that I passed on every one of them. And you're thinking, I can't pass on these. I did three shots the first morning. This is going to get good, you know. Right. <laughs> Let's see what tomorrow brings. <laughs> right. So I guess that's such a good first morning. Next morning, I didn't see an elk. And then I you don't got know where nervous. They went. And then you got nervous. <laughs> You're like, "Dang it, I screwed up." <laughs> so, so I, I just, I just, there was a little commotion there last night. There, you know, there's people down there getting that elk out for two, three hours at dark. And, sure. You know, so like next day, hunting in the area, didn't see an elk. <laughs> so, okay, um, so this is Monday. My wife tells my middle boy, she's like, you can hunt tomorrow morning, and then we have to go home. You've already missed two days of school, Friday and Monday. <laughs> like, okay, so so Monday night, we're sitting by the fire after I get back. We didn't see nothing. Well, so sitting by the fire. Say that again. You saw a wife, cow. You cut out. Yeah, we saw Yeah, we saw one cow and a spike. So I, I can't say we didn't see anything on gotcha. Monday, but we saw one. Um so we get back to the house, and my my wife, she was there. She was sitting out. She had the fire pit going. And me and me and her and Ron and Sandy and them were sitting around there, kind of discussing strategy. And she said, "Hey, you know that sound you make when you're blowing that whatever call? That was a bugle call. <laughs> and you make that weird sound at the end." I go, "Yeah, uncle." She's like, "I heard one of them here tonight." And Ron's eyes, we're on Ron's ground. He's got 500 acres there. Mm-hmm. He said, "You heard one here tonight." And she said, yeah, I think it was right here on this ridge. She said, but it could have been echoing off this backside. He said, okay, they don't usually show up here till after Christmas. 
So the next uh, this ridge top again and fall off the side of it and see if they're hanging on a shelf lower. And Ron said, I'm going to, I'm going to do some looking this morning. And, um, he did some looking and I finally got some servicing tech because I didn't see nothing over like trail seven and eight and things like that. And eventually he called at 11 and said, I found them. There was five of them above the cabin in the law in our, in his ground oh, above the 250 yards from where we're staying. <laughs> he said, and he said, one of them's a giant. That's said, awesome. We're on our way. <laughs> so, <laughs> So we get back to the house. This is Tuesday afternoon. He said, we need to get up there at one o'clock because I don't know where they're at. We need to get in. It might be a long set. So my wife, she didn't leave with, with my son, Jimmy, and head home. Well, he talks to her and she's like, listen, you can hunt tonight. We'll have to drive back tonight. So she let him stay and hunt. So we, we, we go up, me and Jimmy and Ron. Ron's hunting with us. We're hunting out of his deer blind, mm-hmm. you know, so. We're sitting there, and it's 5 o'clock. I said, Ron, we got 17 minutes left. I don't think they're coming tonight. Five minutes later, here they come. That's cool. So these, you can see these bulls coming through the woods, coming to this food plot. And actually, the one that I had killed come out first at 60 yards, and he's just he's kind of staring at us because I'm sure, because my boy, he was, he was like, oh, my God, look at this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And then, and then there was a, a bigger one behind it. The only issue is the bigger one behind it had a half of his mane beam broke off to one side. Oh, dang. Oof. Yeah, it was, he was a giant. I mean, the one I killed, I, I don't know, it's, I'm just guessing probably around 290 to 300 inches. Uh-huh. And he was, he was well bigger than that. Wow. And then there was two more coming to the right. Well, they were never going to make it in time. <clears throat> so, and, uh. So they're both, Ron is in one window, and Jimmy's in the other window staring at these bulls. And Jimmy's like, you going to shoot it? I go, well, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I can't even see them because you guys are standing in the windows. I can't even get a gun out <laughs> right now. Yeah. And so so he looks over, He look, Ron looks over at Jim, my, Jimmy, my boy, and goes, you think that one's big enough to shoot? And Jimmy looked at him and goes, oh, we're shooting this one, <laughs> you know? So finally I get around, and I get out, and I get on this bull, and... He's staring at us because I guess we we think we're quiet. You know what I mean? Right. I'm sure I'm sure they can hear something. (laughs) They're kind of looking like, "What is going on in there?" You know? Yeah. (laughs) So eventually, you know, I I put a good shot on him, and he didn't go 25 yards and uh, went down. Then that was it. You know, and even that other bull that was back there, the two ran off, but that other bigger one that had a broken main beam, Uh he didn't leave. Three four minutes, just trying to figure out what the elk was doing because he kind of went and laid down and he lifted his head up. So I put another one in him and jumped up and ran ten feet just in the brush and then went down. And then that bull kind of finally figured out like, oh, I guess I better get out of here, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think so, this is bad. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, right. This yeah. is not that great of a deal. Um, so you know, and then and then you, you see what happened after that, pictures and all that, which I was pretty fortunate and lucky because we already had the tractor primed up and ready. We was able to get the tractor and, and lift it right up and carry it right down to the cabin. Oh, so, you lucky. Yeah. You lucky bastard. No, I, no, see, I think, I, there should, you, I think there should be yeah. a rule that you should have to pack it out. I don't think you should. <laughs> so, I mean, I think you should have to pack it out. Well, at least so once. what you're saying is Ron should have gotten the tractor, 
drove the elk further into the timber so, and dropped it off. Yeah. And then, ma- yeah, you got to you gotta yeah. get the full experience. <laughs> I mean, I had to gut it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. That's that's just cool, and that's so great. Your kid got to be there and watch yeah. that with you. I mean, that's that's a great story. Absolutely. So I don't know if you probably could see in the picture that one of mine has a broken uh, eye guard off and his non-typical point is broke off. Yeah. Yeah, still. Yeah. I mean, so they've been fighting. Yeah. I mean, they've been getting yeah, after. Yeah, he's but... got a, uh, he has a, he's like a, he had a gouge towards one of his hind quarters and he had a, uh, like a gouge like up by one of his eyes too. So. Yeah. That's, that's cool. They've been. Uh, Have you eaten any of the meat yet? I have not. I haven't. Um, I actually took it to a place down there. Okay. I, I'm splitting this elk with Ron and Sandy. I mean, I stayed at their house and shot it on their ground. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. One the bit. first thing I thought when you talked about how much Ron and Sandy were helping you out yeah. was. I wonder if he gave them some meat because that that right. would be the perfect gift to give somebody. You know that that yeah. isn't going to accept yeah. anything from you. You know they can't. Yeah. They can't keep you from giving them some meat, and that's that's terrific that you did that for them. Sure. Yeah, he's the. I mean, honestly, you guys, you guys should actually call Ron and talk to him. He knows a lot about what they've done for him, and because he's part of it. Okay, and, you know, and he's got he's got great information, and I mean, he'd be willing to help anybody. Like I said, he helped Mike do all the bow season, and then picked me up, and you know, kind of took me in and helped me. That's cool. You yeah, know, that's find awesome. them and get on them. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was an experience, you know. It was great. My my best part was my boy being with me, and he was so excited. And Ron was just excited being able to have one of the first ones killed on his property. Yeah, sure. I mean, because like you said, he's been helping out and stuff. So it so for him to actually see it, you know, I mean, I mean that's just as successful for him as it is for you. He's been living it since 2011 when he first brought the elk back, putting the work in and stuff like that. So that that's great. I mean, that's really awesome that that worked out the way it did. He saw elk get reintroduced, and now it's it's come full circle, and he and he actually got to see one get harvested on his property (laughs) where he's at. And yeah, yeah, and and he he was right there beside me when I shot it. He was up there with us, you know. So yeah, it was awesome. Well, Ron and Sandy, and it kind of worked. Go ahead, buddy. I, and I was just, I mean, I don't know that my wife was ever going to say anything, but I don't know why. Just kind of an hour later after we've been there, she's like, oh, I think I heard one bugle tonight, you know. <laughs> she, she don't care about that part of it. She just, she likes that we're doing it, you know, and she loves that part, but she's not a hunter. Right. Yeah. She, that's awesome. That's hilarious. What's that sound they make at the end? I can <laughs> yeah, just see it. My wife would do the same thing. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, I saw one of those today. <laughs> <laughs> Something that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's awesome. You know, I, don't, I don't know that we would even check around his area quite yet. You know, I mean, sure. eventually would have if we weren't seeing him where we were. But, you know, that made it like, oh, maybe they're here sooner. And he, he actually texted me this morning and said, it's a beautiful morning out here, 17 degrees. I'm sitting on my front porch drinking coffee, watching these bulls in my front yard eating grass right now. That's, That's crazy. Cool. So, That's cool. Because the way his ground lays, the whole front of his house in the hollow is a food plot. So they come to that bottom there all year. They've they knocked his mailbox down, rubbing on the telephone pole and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> well, I'll say this for the listeners. Ron and Sandy sound like terrific people to be able to, you know, help you out and um, I'm sure they wanted to see Absolutely. success out of you guys as well. So, and and what an awesome, what an awesome experience. I mean, literally once in your lifetime, 
experience and you got to experience it. Not only did you get to harvest a bull, which is really the, the cool, the really cool part. The other really cool part is your son got to be with you. Cause had, had it been the next day, he would have been back at school. It sounds have. like, and, and he'd been with me, you know, through the bow hunting, through the scouting. So I'm glad he was there to help, help with the bow. And he didn't, and he helped me got it and all that good was, yeah we lost you for a second we heard you say you you helped him he helped you gut it but we we didn't hear that first part yeah yeah he stayed he stayed he didn't you know they didn't hurry up and get their stuff and leave and get home he stayed they helped him got it get it out of the field you know yeah he he, he stayed for it all you got to have that experience oh, you got to yeah. have that yeah 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 that's awesome, yeah. man. I, we're we're so happy for you, man. I mean, and all the other hunters as well. I mean, I, right? We felt like we we. I felt like I bothered you because I probably texted you how many times during uh, archery season, seeing how it was going. I texted Gene and Bill, and you know, how's it going? You know, almost living yeah, vicariously was, through you guys. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it it was a tough hunt, and and all these people, oh, they're tamed and all that. They have no idea. <laughs> and they don't live on Tech Ranch, I can tell you that right now. Right, right, right. No, they no, they definitely have a, a large area. I've I've heard. I mean, they they move a lot. So they're elk. That's what elk do, dude. Well, I can tell you, at one point, all four of us were hunting within the same area. At one point in time, I seen Joe. I seen Gene. He was actually hunting a field that Joe kill his out of at one point i talked to him one day down there yeah mike was hunting there during bow season so <laughs> we all ended up in the same area i don't know why because there's elk everywhere but still <laughs> <laughs> it happens it worked out <laughs> yeah, you know it, it worked, worked it, out i mean they were obviously and, and, they were obviously there everybody got one so it worked out pretty and good and we all four killed one in different spots right yeah. only one was killed down there where we were all hunting in that one spot that's awesome. Very cool. Well, dude, congratulations. We're we're so happy for you. Um and 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 Joe and Mike who we won't get to talk to, but um we're going to talk to Gene as well. And so uh you know, we're we're happy for you. We're pulling for Bill. Uh we're we're yeah. recording this before the season is actually over, so hopefully something happens with yeah. Bill. Um and we'll we'll get to uh we'll talk to him too. Hear that cool story. Happens. But um uh so congrats again. Um this is to me, this is one of the coolest things um, about starting our podcast is we started this podcast right when Missouri was doing the draw. releasing an elk yeah. season, yeah. and we're I can't believe we're talking about hunting elk in our own state again. Yeah, and now uh, elk are down in our state, and there's some like, yeah, there's some beautiful. I mean, these bulls are beautiful, dude. Yeah, they're not little. They're not little. They're, they're little, not little bulls. I mean, yeah. they're they got no. they are impressive. I would Very shoot impressive. any one of these with my bow out in Colorado. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I, I would, yeah, I would happily put a tag on any of them. Yeah, so. these are these are these are bulls that anybody'd be happy to harvest. So that's all. I mean, kudos to MDC for bringing it to us. Yeah, definitely. So, so awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, before we hop off, you got anything else to say uh, that we didn't touch on? I I don't think so. Uh, I don't, no. Not really. Awesome. I enjoyed every second of it, and I appreciate. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I got to give you a story. Heck yeah! It's it's yeah. Uh, people love hearing it, man. So, well, congrats again. And if you don't have anything else, we'll hop off. All right, there's that one. Thank you, Sam, for you know 
coming back on and just giving us a breakdown of everything that happened. You know, congratulations. Yeah, congrats. It's a great story. Hopefully your hand heals up nice and, you know, <laughs> yeah. everything's good on that end and stuff. So we really appreciate you I coming can, on. I can only imagine the the story when he's trying to load all his stuff back in his trailer with a broken hand. <laughs> do, you know? do you know how hard that would be? I'm not sure how he did it. I mean, because you know? assuming that his truck wasn't hooked up to his camper, you'd have to hook your camper up. Get, get your that four-wheeler in. I mean, get your four-wheeler. Yeah. Do all that one-handed. All your gear strapped yeah, down. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun at all. Yeah. So, hey, worked out for but him, hey, right? Yeah, he, he got it done. He, I mean, and so it sounds like he found the elk, and he got a bunch of help from some locals down there, and so I'm sure he's really appreciative of them, and I mean, yeah. we're appreciative. Yeah, shout-out to Ron and his wife for uh, – Helping yeah. out as well to yeah. Sam. That was really cool of them. Yeah, gave him um, a place to stay and everything. So makes they, it easier on Sam and his family, too. Sure, that. Yeah. sure, so, absolutely. So, um, but now we're going to get into it with uh, Gene. And uh, he's actually he actually came into the studio. and uh, Studio. Well, what else would you call it? My basement. It's a studio slash basement, whatever. <laughs> Either way, we got some tables. We have a card table with some (laughs) some card table chairs around it. It's still the studio. Yeah, so yeah, Gene came down and uh, sat down with us since he lives decently close. Yeah, and he he brought us a bunch of pictures too, uh, you know, just some different angles and everything. And dude, it's a heck of a bull. I mean, both of them, well, all four of them are great. And so that that was really cool that he actually got to come in and meet face to face. And I can't wait till he gets that mount back and we're going to go up there and check it out sometime. Give us an excuse to go shopping at Rogers. Yeah. Go check out Rogers. Yeah. Go check out the bull. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, let's get into it. And here's Gene. All right. All right. Joining us in studio today. So this is exciting for Micah and myself. Very exciting. Uh, One of the lucky five, Gene Gilkey. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks. Hey, Gene. Good to see you again. Um, so, Gene is obviously one of the five guys that got drawn for the Missouri elk hunt this year. Uh, Gene's from Liberty, Missouri. And so, since um, we live decently close sure, to Liberty, right. we uh, we found out Gene harvested an awesome bull. And uh, Gene was gracious enough to come down and sit down with us and, and have a, a conversation about it. We're yeah, excited ex- about it. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for making the trip. Yeah. So, first, congrats. Thank uh, you. Everybody knows you killed one, so yeah. we're not we're, we're not, not spoiling the yeah. show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's out there. Yeah, everybody knows. So, um, you know what we're going to do is as we've had a few, we're going to have a few of you on this show, and just kind of talk about your hunts and talk about what you experienced um, this elk season, right. all the way from you know after after you recorded with us, after you found out, and the excitement uh-huh. wore off, and then kind of what you did getting ready for. Um, archery season and then what you experienced from there all the way to the day you harvested took them down wow yeah so uh first things first for anybody that hasn't heard this show before gene was on our show months ago now uh about um him being drawn so for anybody that didn't listen to that show why don't you introduce yourself real quick um tell everybody who you are where you're from and then we'll get into the fun stuff cool so I'm Gene Gilkey, and I'm from Liberty currently. Um, originally, I've lived in northwest Missouri all my life, hunted since I was a kid. And uh, back in, I guess, close to July, I got notified by the MDC that I'd been drawn for this elk hunt. So it's been a roller coaster ride uh, ever since. I'm, I'm getting ready to go to Disney now that I got my elk. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for anybody that didn't hear that first show, like I said, they really ought to go back and listen to Gene's excitement level. Um 
you know, anybody that didn't hear that, uh, it's a pretty cool story, especially for Gene. All, all the guys we talked to is an awesome story to hear how excited they were. But especially for Gene, you know, two years ago this time, you you were fighting for your life. Yeah, last year. I'm uh, sorry, last yeah, year this time right, you were yeah. fighting for your life, and now we're sitting here talking about an elk that you, you got to take down. Right. So yeah. um, how quickly your life is Everything uh, 360. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's a really good episode for those folks. I wish I wrote down what episode number it is. but I think it's within the first 10. If somewhere I in there. You'll find it. Yeah. Um, all right, so – we left off with you mm-hmm. um, after you first found out. Right. So from that day, um, which was in, like you said, July. Right. What did you start doing as far as getting ready to hunt uh, starting October 17th uh, for archery season? Wow. What were some of the stuff, you know, some of the things that happened, things you did to kind of get ready? Did you go down at all scouting? Was it all on the computer? How did you kind of get yourself going sure so both so we had uh, as a family scheduled to float the current river in july just on a fluke i i didn't know at the time that i'd been drawn so we went down a day early and um, i talked to some locals i actually talked to uh one of the county sheriffs down there Mm -hmm. just to try to get me some orientation of where where everything lies and and you know uh, i talked to mdc uh, a couple of their conservation agents, you know, and, and, and my question to them was, if you had one day to hunt, where would you hunt in this whole area? That's a good question to ask. <laughs> and and uh, believe it or not, the guy said the log yard, and which ended up being where the first elk was taken at yeah, log Joe. yard. Yep. And that's, that's the one. But, yeah, so I did a lot of uh, – I called people, called landowners and asked permission. Uh, I didn't – I did get permission from one landowner that had 100 acres. Some of them said no – you know, my land's already leased for hunting, and some of them just said, no, I'd rather you not. And that's okay. Right. You know, sure. It doesn't hurt to ask. Oh, yeah. Yeah, still uh, a lot of public land down there that you oh, yeah. have the yeah. opportunity to, yeah. Yeah, so uh, did a lot of that. Uh, I bought the uh, Onyx hunting app and mm-hmm. did a lot of e-scouting and just marking, you know, looking for fields where they may be close to the river. Uh, bought a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> My wife said the $10 application fees, uh, nothing compared to what I spent on, on gear. It was the worst decision she ever let you spend $10 in her life on, huh? That's exactly right. But uh, then we went, actually, my wife and I went down over uh, Labor Day and floated. And we, and so she and I drove to a lot of the places where we'd found. Um, she graciously let, we floated one day, and then the other two days we scouted with my truck. So we were just driving uh, around to try to find it so but a lot of online you know looking at that on x and and maps physical maps mm-hmm. comparing what's going on visited uh, um, the conservation area peck ranch got uh-huh. some maps and current river conservation area so we did a lot of scouting just driving i mean my and that's end. and that's probably the best way to do it really is just get down there and get yeah. acclimated with everything yeah. and talk to the local people because uh and some of them you know they're not excited about the elk but most of them will tell you you know hey i see him here or we see him here i used to see him here they'll, they'll give you something to go on right sure so just spend a lot of time scouting getting my gear ready yeah and i, I think a lot of people are that way i i can look at a map all day long and think i like something but until i see it i really am uneasy i mean i i just boots on the ground has always been the way i'm i'm better at scouting something which can make it hard when you're going out west or 
you know, driving a few different hours. Part, yeah, different part of the state. <laughs> right, you know? right. Yep. You know, it. Uh, I think that's always the best way to, to go about it. And obviously, apps like OnX and BaseMap and all HuntStand, all these different apps are great uh, because they can give you a lot of detail, uh, especially maybe even after you've walked through. And then you go back and look at it and go, oh, yeah, okay, here's this pinch point or, or right. here's this. So, um, so good start. Um, so you spent several months, obviously, doing that and getting excited, nervous probably. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, overwhelmed because it, it's so – the terrain's so tough. You just – you can't imagine – well, you can't, I'm sure. They're, it's steep. It's steep terrain. Yeah. 600 feet almost straight, straight up. up. So yep. it's tough. No, that's – and that's – and you got to almost, I mean, you got to get yourself ready for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So opening morning of archery season starts. Yeah. So just start from that day and told, tell us how archery season went. You already <laughs> told me and Micah before we re- recorded, uh, but how did it go? And I, <laughs> what was your reset opinion on elk hunting after you experienced the archery part? You know, you went into certain with a certain mind frame, right. and then you exited after archery, going, "Okay, what?" Yeah. So the uh, actually, we had found a field. Um, we were going to hunt an opening day, and we got down there a day early, and we drove to this field, and it's off the end of the blacktop, and then it's like four miles of very very rough terrain. To can you come in on the south side? Found the field, and and it, you know, I'm not an elk hunter. It looked as good to any field to me, and and uh, the MDC had actually told us about it. You know. Mm-hmm. So we got to looking at the weather and the weather, the wind was going to be coming out of the south. And we're like, well, we can't come in that way because that's going to blow our scent right to them. So we decide we look on the maps and everything. And there's an old spur that went off to the north end of the field. And we're like, okay, let's check that out. Well, my buddy's driving my, my new truck and uh, this field or this trail probably was better off for four wheelers you're saying you should have waited to buy the truck <laughs> yeah <laughs> i saw the truck outside it's, it's a nice truck. <laughs> so he's driving along and i hear the the thorns start rubbing on the side <laughs> and i'm like oh oh that's gonna that's gonna leave a mark and he slaps me on the shoulder and he said gene it's once in a lifetime we gotta do this <laughs> just trade this in when you yeah. get back home yeah. he said those scratches will buff out you can get a new truck but Anyway, we found an entrance point the next morning in the dark. So we go down, and, and we had to go down a hill and up a hill and down. And about up the third hill, we spot an elk. And it's it's legal shooting light, but it's too dark mm-hmm. in the woods. Sure. And um, But we didn't have we didn't have the bolt and the crossbow because we were walking, you know. So, mm-hmm. we, so we're so we down <laughs> down in the brush on our knees, and I'm cranking the crossbow. And <laughs> making, is he still there, you know? And, <laughs> So, uh, but anyway, he never spooked. It's just majestic to see him because a white tail would have been gone in a heartbeat. Yeah. And he really just looked at us like, I don't even know what you're doing on my, my mountain. This is my place, you know? Yeah. Just such a regal experience to see him right there. Uh, he walked off and in hindsight, we should have followed him. Um, we thought he was going down to the field where we were going to hunt and he went into the woods. We should have, we should have topped the hill and tried to find him but we didn't so was he a pretty big bull or he was a five by okay yeah we could see it i couldn't see him once we got the bolt in the crossbow i couldn't see him in the scope there just wasn't enough light i could see his outline right um uh jeff the guy that was with us you needed about 10 more minutes yeah exactly it was about 10 minutes short but um so we spent the rest of the day and um that actually we spent that weekend in there's about three little fields around that area 
and just sitting and scouting and um, didn't see a thing after that one. Because you walk in at five till seven and you see this bull and you think, man, this is a piece of cake. This elk hunting's easy. <laughs> and uh, we hunted. Uh, that was Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then the week next weekend. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and we didn't see an elk. We didn't was hear that, an elk. Was that second weekend, was it in the same general area that you were first? Or yeah. Or was it a different? Different. Well, we went a little different, probably two miles away okay. to some fields. Yeah. Um, we spent part of uh, the afternoon, we'd be scouting different fields, and then we'd set up in the morning in a field we thought was good. Uh-huh. Uh, now, the second weekend, we tried, uh, we were up in, uh, current river conservation area and uh, so it was north and east of peck and there's twenty two thousand acres up there so we spent a lot of time up yeah. there looking for a lot of land for them to disappear in yeah. yeah yeah well and it was uh you mentioned before the show that it was deer season and there were just people everywhere in there you know deer hunting and camping so we but we were really just trying to find areas for december at that point yeah. uh-huh okay yeah definitely going back to that first morning where you saw that bull one of the the highlights of my hunting career really is the very first time I ever went elk hunting. The very first day I saw a bull really? and it, I mean, I don't even re- remember, remember I had a bow in my hand. I mean, it was just like, Oh my God, there's a, there's an elk in front of me right now. Yeah. And, and before you know it, it was out of your life and you're like, yeah. I probably should have done something with that weapon I had in my hand, <laughs> you know, so I can definitely understand that feeling. Yeah. Uh, well, the first time being used to whitetails, when we're cranking the crossbow, I'm thinking this is going to spook him to death, you know, cause right. a, a, a whitetail had been gone cause right. it's click, 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 click. And he just, he looked both ways and just really looked around trying to see what we were. And he just like, he really wasn't too bothered about it. He just turned around, walked up over the hill, just yeah. really easy. It'll be interesting to see in years to come if that sort of behavior from them changes because you know before this year they haven't been hunted here. that's correct so for 10 years he's not probably been here this entire 10 years but his entire life right he hasn't been hunted right so and they see a lot of people yeah so they don't probably associate much danger with a person right right so uh it'll be interesting to see you know the next five years or so yeah but i mean you also gotta think it was five people. I mean, sure, y'all had people with you, you know. I think pretty much everybody had somebody hunting with them, which is great. But it's still not too intrusive, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's still not like an yeah. OTC right. unit it's, where anybody yeah. can go buy an elk tag yeah. right now. Right. Yeah, you know, I get right. that. Yeah, it'll it'll still be interesting, you know. Maybe years coming, MDC releases more tags. Maybe. Right? And so, it, you, you know, know who knows. But, um, you know, so if there's 20 guys going after them, in five years, sure, sure. I, I know, can see how they, might they react to now that that human I see is a problem, right? Yeah. You know, potentially might have an issue with that. Yeah, sure. It'll, yeah. I'm just just spitballing here. Yeah. yeah. So in between, uh, so obviously you didn't get anything during archery season. In between rifle uh, and archery, did you just decide we're going to change the game up? This is what we're going to do, or did you do any more scouting or anything? Where, like where that? was your mind after? After archery. That last day of archery. Totally confused. (laughs) Bewildered in days. I mean, because there's just so much land. And uh, so, uh, um, actually, one of the guys that was hunting with me, uh, he was on MDC's website and um, and on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And um, a bunch of experienced elk hunters were kind of... Well, these guys don't know what they're doing. They should have called this and they should have done this and, you know, kind of Sunday morning quarterback. And, but this one guy, he's like, Hey, you guys don't, 
you don't understand. It's completely different down here than out west. It's not the same game. And so the guy that was hunting with me reached out to him and said, hey, you know, you look like you, you sound like you got a pretty good head on your shoulders. Could we meet up? And so we met up with the guy and just talked to him, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so he was instrumental in showing us where where they're hanging out, you know, the, the patterns that, that he see And he's a hunter. He hunts everything, hogs and deer and, and all kinds of stuff. And he's in the woods a lot. So hooking up with that person, that local person, although he wasn't a, quote, elk guide right he had so much information and and he knew and he had friends you know all all the hunting community down there he could call them and he'd say hey what are you seeing where and so that information really gave us some hope because uh we were just winging it in archery okay yeah yeah and then of course that nine days was over and you're like oh yeah. Well, this is half over, and I yeah. saw one one yeah, elk, one you know, the very first morning, and yeah. and nothing since. Yeah, yeah, that, that's got to be a little bit like a little deflating, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so in between, that's what really what you did is you started talking to this guy, yeah, and getting some more information, and and almost getting uh, schooled, right? <laughs> on, yeah, you know what you should do when when rifle season, right? Hits. And and what they what they pattern because they, you know, in the rut. They all run back to Peck Ranch because that's where the herd, the majority of the cows are on Peck Ranch. So when when the rut comes, everything comes out of these upper areas where we were in archery, and they go to Peck Ranch. Well, that inner core of Peck Ranch you can't get on to hunt. So after the rut in October, so after archery season, these bulls will start floating back out to their areas of of dominance, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so that's the kind of information that, that this guy had was, you know, we're seeing him here. He actually had, of course, there's a whole network of, of hunters down there, and he's getting trail cam picks. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually had a trail cam pick of the bull that I, I harvested from October. So those local people are just invaluable as far as resources uh, to give you information of where they're at. Okay, nice. that's awesome. Okay, so rifle season starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is going to be kind of cool to hear your story because you didn't kill him right off the bat. I mean, it, it took a uh, – what, what day did you harvest him on? Uh, uh, three or five. Five. Day Wednesday, five. Wednesday, yeah. So, you know, you had five days of – Yeah. Um, okay, this is almost half over. That's <laughs> you know, right. starting to get a little nervous. Yeah. And, oh, uh, I was nervous about day two. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell, you know, take us through day one and just every day, you know, what yeah. happened and, and, you know – what moves you made and just kind of how yeah. it went. Yeah. So day one, um, uh, we're out, you know, looking, uh, there's food plots. There, <clears throat> there's a lot of food plots that MDC is, uh, co-opt with local farmers. And so I think it's a 75, 25 split, but the MDC has these farmers plant these food plots with turnips and, and other vegetation, but they just kind of look like uh, really nice hay fields from, uh, from my vantage point. But, so we're scouting these um, food plots, and uh, actually we had seen uh, the 5x5 five five. Um, that morning. We were going between food plots, and we saw this 5x5 five five cross the road. And so we knew, okay, there's a 5x5 five five in the area, and we knew the food plots were, were down the road some. 
So we hunted the rest of that morning, didn't see anything. And so we go back to lunch and we're kind of talking about strategy and we're like, well, let's go back down because there's some fields down close to that five by and let's get in one of those fields and set up. So we do, we go down there and my son and I are sitting in this field and uh, probably we hadn't seen anything and probably about quarter to five, we hear boom from one of the fields down <laughs> below us. And I'm like, well, somebody got one, you know, that's, that's good. And, uh, we didn't see any, anything, but in talking to the other two of the other hunters the next morning, there were three fields, uh, within probably a half mile of each other. And we had parked for just for graphics. I'll say we were in, in field a, mm-hmm. there was also unbeknownst to anybody else. There was another hunter in field B and there was another hunter in field C <laughs> and nobody knew anybody else was there. Right. So we, cause the fields were big enough and far enough apart. You couldn't see each other. And, um, uh, so when, when, uh, the first gentleman took his, uh, actually the guy in field C was calling and, and the bull came into field B and, and he took him there. So I was really just one field off. I'm thinking, man, I saw this bull this morning. I picked the wrong field. I, yeah. how, how does that happen? You know, but, uh. Uh, but still, you're you know you're excited at that point. You're like, somebody got something, so that's good. It well, can I mean, happen. <laughs> at, I mean, at that moment, history was made. Right. You yeah. Know, I mean, that's the first first one uh, legally taken elk in our state in hundreds of years. Right. I mean, and even right. even even back when they were here before, I mean, it wasn't like there was a season on them. Right. right? No. Was, that was before that stuff even started. started. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's you know that was awesome to hear from my perspective. The very first one being taken mm-hmm. um, because. Now you, okay, it, they are successful. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, even a one out of five is actually technically a good success rate compared to where we go hunting, Micah. That's 20%, yeah. dude. I yeah. know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think it's, I think, where are we in a Like 10, under, under 10? It's for either archery. 9 or 10% yeah. oh, wow. for our tree yeah. success wow. rate. So, so, um, so yeah, that, I mean, that first day, at least you're, you're going, huh? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It can happen. It can happen. That's right. Second day, um, we actually went down uh, closer to the river, and we saw um, a raghorn, just about a nine-inch on, like, one side mm-hmm. maybe, and uh, a spike. And so that kind of gave us hope. Uh, we didn't see anything else in the morning. We went back in the afternoon and uh, saw the same spike and raghorn, and actually there was a probably a three-by-four Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually stalked him cause he was a long <laughs> way at the other end of this really long field by the river. And my son and I stalked up to him and I had the binoculars on him, like at a hundred yards. <laughs> and I'm like, it's day two. I'm not going to take, take that one on day two. And yeah. You know, if it was, if it was Friday, yeah, my, <laughs> yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. What was the rules on, did it have to have a certain amount of points or how, how did they do that? I don't mm, remember. At nine it, inches. You had one, to have one nine inch. One nine right. inch horn. And, and obviously it. couldn't be a, a cow. Right. 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 I knew right. the cow part, but I wasn't yeah. for sure on as far as the antlers. Yeah. yeah so one. they would have both been legal, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking it's day two. Right. And you know, Let's see what the land, roll the dice here. Yeah, yeah. let's see what yeah. the land's got. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. Again, if it's Saturday, that probably looks pretty good. But you know, Monday now, let's don't do that. Sure. Yeah, sure. I'm with you. Although I will say, first three by four I see in Colorado. Oh yeah, he's getting an arrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. first. first, yeah. first uh, calf. Of course, that's a little different. Yeah, yeah right. First right, calf right. I see he's gonna get. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So 
so so far you're two for two as far as seeing elk. Yeah, you know, day one and day two. So that's I mean that's that's good. Uh, day three hits and. I mean, you basically stay in the, the same general area, just kept trying to hit different different fields. Yeah, yeah you mentioned to us earlier before we started talking, you you might be two miles away from where you were another day, right? Which is you know, as a crow flies, only two miles, but it might right. be a, a forty five to an hour yeah. drive. Yeah. So the field where they took the first one, uh, from there to the field where I took mine, five four to four and a half days later, uh, probably two mi- uh, two miles as the crow flies. But to get there, it's about a 40-minute drive. Right. So, And you're just really across the river, but you just can't cross that river. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, if, if you're trying, you're going to try for most of the day in that one field because traveling just eats up all your time. Right. So, yeah, day two, that's day two. Day three, we tried some other fields um, south, um, actually south of where I ended up taking my bull. And... Uh, Again, saw another spike uh, and a cow, um, but nothing nothing that we were going to take. So that's um, – is that Tuesday, I think? That's three days in a row, though, that if I'm seeing elk every day I'm hunting, I'm feeling happy. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. And our thought down there, because we had a lot of the local guys, and they're like, "There's, there's got to be a herd somewhere. Right. Somewhere they've herded up, which is – kind of unusual for December because their, their process in the past years after Thanksgiving, those, those elk spread out and they see them in these fields, but they're not seeing them. And I mean, none of the hunters were seeing a lot of elk. They were just we, seeing the ones and twos. Right. Type thing? Okay. Right. And nobody was seeing the, the big ones. Um, so we, you know, the, the local guys were just like, man, they're, they're herded up some, you, you just need to find the herd. There's a herd of them up here. We, cause they're just it, back together. They were gone off everybody's trail cams. I mean, they were on the trail cams in October, and now it's December, and they're gone, you know. So they're like, okay, we don't know really. They're not here in our fields, our farm fields. Mm-hmm. They're herded up somewhere. Okay. So that's, you know, really we're thinking, okay, we're seeing elk every day, but we're not seeing the, there's got to be a herd of them somewhere. Right. So that's what uh, – that's day one. That's day four. Day four and, and day three, we were just trying really different fields. Yeah. Um, and so then. And at some point in there, Sam and, and Mike had taken the two the same day. Are you on that day yet? Have you made it to that day yet in your story? Because they got theirs day. They, they got theirs. Three. I cannot remember. The same day, I know that. No, it was four. Was it day four? Four, because okay. you texted me and you said, hey, f- two and three went down on my code no pressure you know? <laughs> well and i didn't know who yet all yeah. i had seen is photos so i texted gene i obviously yeah. saved information and i said is it you yeah yeah <laughs> it wasn't know, me I'm, I'm sitting here living vicariously was, through the three guys i talked to right you know, uh a couple months ago right and so I, I yeah i texted sam gene and bill all at the same time just yeah two went down was it you or not yeah so uh, at the at the end of day three at the end of day three we found the herd. So we were in this field and could hear them. And it was, for me, I've never been around wild elk. The amount of noise that the cows make doing that cow call that you see on TV that are all the hunters imitate. Mm-hmm. The, and I guess my best guess is that's some kind of a locator communication to the herd that, hey, I'm over here. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, and it was evening, probably 40, 30 to 40 animals 
they even had a, a calf that looked like it wasn't much bigger than a big German shepherd. I mean, <laughs> compared to the, the six by seven, it was nothing. Right. And uh, they were locating, locating, and, and you could see a couple, and then they came across the river. And, of course, that's a lot of noise when all those animals are up, they're up to their necks. And it's just amazing that they, they came up a bank that I would have to have a rope to pull myself up, you know, just steep and slick, mud, and they just – they just walked it like it was just steps made for them. And they traveled just so effortlessly, even, even the little calf, just effortlessly, just right up that. So uh, we saw them, and, uh, but we weren't set up. Right. So we went back to get s- some gear, and we were going to set up where we thought they were going. And uh, we got back, and, and they'd moved out of that field down. It was a long field with an arm to the left. <clears throat> And they'd walk down to the arm on the left, and then they'd shot to toward the left. We could see the last couple. So we tried to backtrack through the field and get up through the hill to try to cut them off was our thought. Yeah. And um, we got up there, but they were just much faster than – I mean, we were up and down a hill, and they were walking <laughs> it's, in the field. It's amazing how quick yeah. they can move. And, and they're not even trying. Right. You know? And we got – so we walked back out of the field and went around and it's just like, okay, we'll just set up here. Cause you know, they're, we don't know really where they're going. Maybe they'll mill back to the field and uh-huh. when we didn't see anything. So that was, we're like, okay, but we found the herd, you know, so we kind of know where they're at. Mm-hmm. So the, the next morning we set up in the field, we'd seen them in, you know, thinking they're kind of like a deer. They're going to come back to the same field every day, but uh, they didn't come back to the same field <laughs> that day. So, oh, but you thought, yeah, yeah. So um, we actually uh, went back around, and there's, and I say a mountain. It's not like a mountain in in Colorado, but it's it's probably a thousand feet. And so we're east, and we go track back to the south and over to the west, and through another cutoff to where some more fields were. And so we stop short of the fields. We get out of the truck. And we just start creeping up to this field to see if we can spot some. And sure enough, we spotted them right right as they went across the road and up to the top of this mountain. I mean, and, and I I had my Onyx, and I was standing at like 400 feet, and the top of that mountain was 1,085, I think. And they just – it was almost like Spider-Man on a wall. It's yeah. just crazy how they just <laughs> ride up that hill. Yep. Hey, and, I'm going to tell you this. 600 feet elevation change – it's 600 feet elevation mm. change. Whether you're in Colorado or Missouri. Yeah. Now, the difference is you're going from 9,600 feet to 10,2 in Colorado, sure. Right. So you're, you're, you're going to have to acclimate to that, 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 uh, that atmosphere. Right. 600 feet, 600 feet, and that's no fun. Yeah. yeah. Now, for an elk, it's just – It's nothing. I mean, it's – Just like walking from your living room to your bedroom. It was amazing how, how easily they, they didn't strain. It was just so easy for them to walk that scale, that hill. So, um, anyway, uh, so we had them kind of bedded down up on the top of that hill and we think, okay, they're up there and we'll see what happens. And so we set, um, usually in the midday we'd go back and get lunch and, but we'd been so close to them. Mm-hmm. We're like, man, they'll, maybe they'll come back down here and feed tonight. And, uh, we set all day and, uh, they did not come back down. <laughs> <laughs> they did not, uh, they didn't get the memo, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. But, Don't uh, you know I'm here trying to get you? You're yeah. supposed to come. <laughs> yeah. Come on down. 
So that was the end of day four, but did, we we felt good. Did you guys try any calling or anything like that? Yeah, and and I I got the mouth call that you guys recommended. The uh, you know the one mm-hmm. from I can't remember the the name of the place, but uh, and I could make a pretty good. Ca- I couldn't do a bugle. I'm sorry, but I tried. But uh, it it is difficult to do actually behind you in my my closet there, Gene. Oh, okay. up on, oh yeah, two of the bugle tubes. Yeah. I'll practice on those things all all year long, and I still don't sound like yeah. what I want to sound like. But yeah. the cow calling's a little easier. Yeah, um, you know, you can get the hang of it pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could, you know, and they would call, but uh, you know, that bull was up there, and and he was bugling. I mean, it was beautiful to hear because when we were trying to come in and see him uh, to walk up on him, we heard him up on the up on that mountain. And it was like, oh my gosh, you just you see that on TV, and you think that's pretty cool but when you're that close to him it's really cool to hear Mm -hmm. that bugle and all those cows talking back and forth so uh we tried some Uh, i don't know if we just weren't good enough at it or he was just up there with his cows and and his group there were some spikes in there there was one uh one five by maybe five by four i think with them in the group but they were just like you know I'm up here in my mountain, and I'm not coming yeah. down to see you. It's at difficult all. to bring a bull off his oh, away from his herd when he's got him. Right. What what incentive does he have to travel 600 feet right. elevation down or a quarter mile away mm-hmm. when he's got his right. 80 yeah. cows with him? What, yeah. What do I need to go see that one cow down there for? Yeah, and we listened to him. You know, they were vocal for a while when they were up on the top milling around. It was something that we couldn't get up. You know, obviously, if we could have, we would have tried. But uh, And then probably – you know, nine thirty in the ten o'clock in the morning, you just didn't hear them anymore, mm-hmm. and so that's what—that's when we were like, "Well, we know where they're at, and surely he's going to bring them down to these fields again." And so we we sat all day, and uh, you know, it was a long day, but we kind of thought, "Well, at least we've seen them, and we've seen them twice." Right. So they're in this area of four or five fields. We just have to hit the jackpot. Right. Got to find know? that right field. Yeah. Right. Right. So uh, that was. Day four, yeah, we were we were discouraged after day four because man, we'd sit there all day. It was a long day, yeah, and cold, you know, and 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 uh, uh, we'd already set in rain one day. That was, you know, it's no fun, but uh, we did it. So we went to bed pretty discouraged, but we thought, you know what, we're going to go back to that field and in in the morning, and so uh, we went back to the big field initially, the field that we last saw him in. And uh, we we crept in um, down the road, and there was nothing. I mean, we just got there and didn't see anything. You know, like, oh, man. So, <laughs> you know, here we go again. Right. You know. That raghorn was starting to look a lot right, better. <laughs> right. It's Wednesday, and I'm like, let's just go shoot that thing. How how far are you guys having to travel off the roads or where you guys are parking your vehicles and stuff like that? Is it a long ways back in there, or is it fairly close, or – uh, usually, I mean, we knew where the, the fields are right on the side of the road, you know, uh-huh. there's a road and there'll be a strip of uh, timber and brush and thorns and whatever. Sure. And then the field is right there. So you can drive by and see them. Um, we did see a few that way, just driving by. We, mostly we saw cows, yeah. uh, but what we would like for this one, we knew where the road had a 90 so we parked at the top of the hill past the 90, and then we walked down the, down the hill and around. So they, you know, we were pretty close to the field when we actually, when they could have seen us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that field was probably 300 yards long. And okay. we, we walked all the way down to the end of that field that morning. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, I actually got out there some brush. Uh, There's some big stands of t- timber out in the middle of the fields mm-hmm. and walked out into there thinking, okay, well, you know, there's, there's some land on the backside that we can't see. And if they probably can't see us. So we went out there, you know, thinking, okay, let's go out there and see if there's something on the back, but we didn't see anything. But, okay. uh, uh, so anyway, we decided to back out. Hadn't seen anything. Obviously they're probably still not, you know, up on that mountain, you know, at this point or that hill. And so we went down, um, back out on the road and probably down a mile and a half and got in another field, uh, which we'd seen them in is one of the ones we'd seen them in. We thought, well, they're not there. Let's go try this one. So we set up and, and pretty soon here's the herd. So, so this, this is, you know, we, we find the big one, but it's not really a big field and there's a lot of cows in front of him and you, you know you're trying to find where the spikes are and and you know I, i'm excited my heart's just like out of my throat at this how, point how many elk were out there i mean give or take you know probably probably 40 oh, 35 wow. or 40 oh, yeah. i mean yeah, that's cool that, that's there really was cool. yeah it was the whole thing's been once in a lifetime yeah for me but um yeah so it's a big group of them and and you can see the spikes and, and of course he stood out but you know whether he planned it or not he happened to be in the back and all these cows <laughs> and other things are between me and him. And, uh, so we, we kind of got set up to take a shot and, um, my first shot, I think I just totally missed him just right over his back. I was just so nervous and, uh, I'm not going to lie. How long did it take him to give you a shot? Um, he probably came up in there. It, it was probably 15, 10 minutes. It wasn't long. It seemed it's a like long an, time I mean, to, I mean, to wait. It yeah, seemed to, like an eternity. To sit there and look at them, though. I mean, and, that's a long time. And you're trying to think, well, if I got a shot and, and there's cows in the way and you don't want to shoot a cow. And, right. And, and um, so it's it seemed like an hour, but I know it wasn't. It was mm. probably 10, maybe 15 minutes and decided to take one and I, I did. I just I don't even think I I don't think I come close. I was ashamed of it. But <laughs> <laughs> it was it was bad. You know, you wait all this time and you miss. We've about, all been there. Uh, how far away was he? Oh, he was probably seventy five yards kinda uphill and mm-hmm. against the brush. He was kinda hanging on that back brush side. Okay. There was a little drop over. I mean, but that's still pretty close. So you were like y'all were right yeah. up in there my, with him. My throat was just like and and then um uh, he took off running. Well, I hit him, and he didn't go down, but they went. So your the, your first shot, you thought you missed, but you didn't. No, you, no, I took a second okay, shot. Okay, gotcha. I took a second I shot, um, and they were running, and then I got a third at him on the run, and I took so I took a third shot as he was going like up over the hill, and so at that point you're like. I'm the worst hunter in the history of ever hunting. <laughs> I should have my gun taken away, you know. And uh, but so we went out and, and we looked for blood. And um, I think I actually hit him on the second one from mm-hmm. from where the blood was. Um, my son, who's in much better shape than I am, he actually went up into the woods and there was a hill and he went up to the top of the hill and kind of looked over and he, he could see him. And he says, he's up there. He's limping. You know, so you hit him. So we're like, well, okay, that's good. That's mm-hmm. all That's all the recon we've got, but we got blood on the ground, and he's limping. Uh-huh. So didn't know where the shot hit him. But um, so as a group, we're like, okay, let's just back out. I, you know, I've already seen how these suckers can move. 
if you push him, he'll probably run for days. Sure. You'll never so, see him again. So, and that was hard. You oh, know, I that, bet. that was tough for me because I, you know, I, I want, I, number one, I want to finish it, you know, and, and, uh, and now you got all this doubting in your, in your mm-hmm. mind and what's going on. So we backed out and from the proximity on the, on the map, on the Onyx, you can see he went up the, up into this hill and on the back side of that hill was the original field we looked in earlier in the morning. It was a ways over there. But so our thinking is, okay, well, he's not going to want to stick around this field where he just got shot. So our thought was maybe he'll migrate to that field or up onto that mountain where he was the, the day before, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, if I was a human, that's what I do, but I'm, I'm not an elk. So, but that was just my, you know, our, our thinking. Mm-hmm. So we went around and we're watching the field, um, where we'd seen him the day before, kind of we were kind of in, in between the two places. We weren't really in the field, but we could see it. But we were over in the woods where we could see the crest of the hill that he should be behind. Mm-hmm. And um, so as we're sitting there, you could you could kind of hear it a little bit in a distant. But we looked up and there's the herd coming, and he's there. Um, probably 125 yards i mean it's just like a long hill i don't know it's it's steeper than a 45 but he's at the top Mm -hmm. and um so i'm just trying to get positioned um uh, i'm trying to get something to rest my i didn't have my shooting sticks we left them in the truck so i'm trying to get a sapling or something that i can rest my gun on so so it's a better shot Mm -hmm. And, uh, is he still limping at this point? Can you tell? I couldn't tell he was moving, but there was, there was still a lot of cows milling around him, you know, in front of him and behind him. So there was, uh, I had to get the binoculars to really locate him because there was so much movement up there in the trees and the cows. So it was kind of tough to pick him out. Um, but we got in position and, um, I finally, I got a shot and and it was, it was frontal straight on and I, I hit him. And it was, um, I told my wife later, it was kind of like the Matrix. He just kind of absorbed it. He just kind of hunched up with his <laughs> shoulders. And it, it, he did, it did knock him, I didn't raise him off the ground. And then he just kind of went back down. And I'm like, that would have put a white tail, it would have flipped him. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was, a, it was a 185 grains, you know. I mean, and he just kind of absorbed it. was just, it really was. It was like the Matrix. It's like mm-hmm. they shot something at the, at the guy in the Matrix. And, but he turned and he stepped, uh, behind a tree and then stepped clear of it. And when he stepped clear of it, I knew I'd hit him. I didn't know he wasn't going down. Mm -hmm. Um, so I put another one into him and, and that knocked him down. And, uh, he ended up, he did turn around, but he didn't, he just turned like 180 and probably just from the shock of the bullet. Yeah. And, and he was down at that point. So tough animals. Yeah, really tough. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe. Uh, like I said, when I shot him in, in the, I thought was in the sternum, in the chest, I thought that would drop him. Right. And he just literally just is almost like he'd, like he'd slapped him and he just shook it off and put his legs. It's just like it didn't phase him at <laughs> mm-hmm. all. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, the, those servant animals, whitetail, elk, mule deer, they've, they've got this will to live that is almost, uh, 
you got to respect them. Oh, I mean, just yeah. if if nothing else for that alone, just yeah. will they have to? I mean, I had a similar situation. We've talked about it on our show with the whitetail this year, shooting him with a three hundred wind mag right in the shoulder on a third shot, and he just took it like Mike Tyson would have taken a punch. Wow! Yeah, and you're just sitting there going, "How do they do that? How do you do that?" And right, died ten seconds later. Right, but it, yeah, they're they're amazing animals. Yeah. So we've we've seen it up close with our group in elk hunting too, mm-hmm. where they yeah. they do not want to die. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, and like I said, that first one, I, I would have probably flipped a white tail up on his back. I, I mean, I hit him square, yeah. and he just absorbed it. It was amazing to see. Really was. So you obviously know he's down now because you watched him fall after that that third shot. Yeah, did y'all give him uh, some time or anything like that before you went up there? Or? No, we went and got our other guys, and once we knew he was down, we put the binoculars on him, and he wasn't going going anywhere, and mm-hmm. so. We went and got the other guys that were hunting with us, and I got—I was screaming pretty loud because <laughs> I was pretty dang excited. I really was. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So, so what? What was that feeling? The first, you know, I try to let, try to paint this picture when we talk about these stories. What was the first thing you thought when you put your hands on him? You know, what uh, what emotions were going through your mind? Well, I, I tell you, before I got there, I'm at the bottom of the hill, and I'm the youngest guy by at least thirteen or fourteen years in the group that's with, and so my son's already up there. And, and I'm walking up and I, it just, the enormity of it, it just hit me. Sure. I mean, I broke out in a sweat and I'm trying to get up this hill and, and I just had to, I had to stop. I got sick, uh, right there against a tree <laughs> Oh man! I, and it just, <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, it's, it's joy and yet you've just taken this animal's life and and so you respect that animal mm-hmm. you know and then w- when i got up to him um i i in fact they one of my guys took a video of it but i i didn't even know i counted the points just like you do a, a white tail <laughs> but i was just like you know you see those guys on tv and they and they say thank you and i'm like i can see why they say thank you oh yeah because this is an amazing animal, and and you have to respect it. I mean, after after chasing it for really two two days, mm-hmm. you know, and finally taking it, it's it's just it it humbled me that that I had taken it, you know, and and taken his life, and and so you're kind of humbled by the whole thing. I mean, you're you're still overjoyed, and you're, you know, right. But and some of the in fact the picture that was on MDC, uh, the guy that was taking the picture said, "Hey, you got to smile." And I can't. Yeah, I was just, I was, I was just thinking about the whole thing, and I just, it wasn't like joy, you know. It wasn't like, ha ha, I took this this elk and I can't. No, right. it's not like that. A little bigger than that. Yeah, the whole thing was just so much bigger than than that. Yeah, you know. And then the the whole thing about Missouri's first elk hunt, and then yeah, and the whole thing last year, and and it just, it it was humbling to to kneel down by that animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I could definitely see it. I mean, not to go too deep in, in uh, like psychology and life, but I mean, when you're at a point in your life last year where you don't even think you're going to be standing on this earth anymore. Yeah, and, and, and probably we probably need a recap. What was it, a year ago that you were were you diagnosed, or is that when you got over you had you had cancer? Yeah, right? I had cancer, mm-hmm. um, and I got diagnosed in late July. My treatment was over in October. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, there was, there was a couple times my wife is a nurse and, um, there was a couple times she was reading, uh, my kidneys were, were shutting down because of the chemo and, and, and the radiation. And, uh, 
There was a couple times she was she was getting ready to call my kids and say, "If you want to see him, you better get here because right. I don't think he's going to make it through the night." Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so yeah, looking back on that and 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 then to get the chance to do this just was. Hey, you just think about you go from I don't even know if I'm going to be standing on this earth in a year from now. Yeah. To I'm standing here as one of the first five people that get to hunt elk in the state I live in. Right. And. I'm standing next to it. Yeah. It, you know, it actually yeah. happened. And there's a lot of people, even if all those things hadn't happened to you and you're, you know, you were living a, a normal, healthy life before that, there's a lot of people. I'm, I'm one of them. People have different opinions on how you should act. And it really, it's different for every individual that harvests an animal. But me, myself, and I'm only speaking for myself, is I, I do feel a sense of remorse when I take an animal's life. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm I'm crying about it, but there's a certain sense of, hey, I'm not you know jumping up and down for joy, right? That I just you know took this animal's life. Am I happy? Yeah, but it does take a minute. I, I definitely am one of those guys that is weird, and I talk to the animal when I walk up to it and yeah, say thanks and things like that. So you're obviously one of those folks. I yeah, mean, that's just how it is. And that's, yeah, it's that's, just, I think a good thing. Yeah, it's just you know you're just sitting there looking at and and. I hate to say pulling the trigger is the easy part, you know, oh, sure. the, the pursuit and, and to find the animal, especially in those conditions down there. Uh, you know, uh, some of the people commented on the, on the MDC page about, well, how could you do that? And you're smiling and, and, but they probably don't know my whole story, no, you they know, don't. And, and they don't understand hunting, you know, right. they, they don't they, understand yeah. that MDC is trying to do something. They're trying to, take away some bulls, some dominant bulls, so they can introduce different genes in, into the breeding uh, pattern. So there's a lot that goes into it. Am, am I smiling in that picture? Yeah, I'm smiling ear to ear because I'm thrilled to death. But, again, I, I, I'd stopped halfway up the hill, and it just hit me. I just leaned over a tree and, and vomited because yeah. it just I just flushed. I mean, just the whole thing just came over me. So and You're about to eat for a long time, too. <laughs> <laughs> Have yeah. you tried any of the meat yet? Did you take any? I know you took it to a processor. Have you gotten anything back? Or oh no, we but now we went. It was real cold down there. It was like sixteen at night. So we we did take some backstrap, a small piece of it, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, we cooked it. And mm -hmm. uh, boy, it was tender. It's good stuff. Yeah, right? it was good stuff. It and really you need was. to, if you're not, you need to get some of it ground up. Uh, those elk burgers we yeah. made. Elk oh burgers man, are they're awesome. good. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy him for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you said you're going to get some jerky made. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's some also summer pretty good. So, um, well, Mike and myself, Andy couldn't be here tonight, um, but congratulations. I appreciate and it. When when I found out you got it, I was, you know, I I'm happy for all five of you, um, getting the opportunity to hunt, but especially yourself and Sam. Because yeah. I, I got to talk to you. Sure. You know, we got yeah. to talk to you guys. Yeah. We know you a little bit. You know, yeah, we know you a little better than the other two. And congrats to Mike and um, uh, Joe as well. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was definitely pulling for you guys. Yeah. And so yeah. I was really happy for you. Um, you know, and you're, and you're a little more local to us than right. the other yeah. guys are. I mean, you live in – I grew up in the same area. Uh, so um, we're excited for you. We have, we're happy for you. Um, we're going to be – I'm going to be – once you get that, that thing mounted – and hanging on your wall, I'm going to be knocking on your door one day to go, hey, oh, look at that guy. Yeah. So we're, we're super proud of you. Yeah, uh, that, That's terrific that you got the job done. And you stuck with it when you, you know, had a little bit of a mishap on the first 
try, yeah. you know, you stuck with them because that can get difficult uh, yeah. really quickly is trying to figure out what to do and staying on them and do you back out, do you not, mm-hmm. right. all those questions that yeah. we all have when we're hunting whitetails and whatever else. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, once we, like I said, once we saw how they could move, you know, it just, we talked as a group and we're like, you know what, let's not push that dude because he can put a lot of miles between us and him real fast. He can be yeah, 30 miles away on you. Yeah. And so we just kind of backed out. And I mean, that was it, obviously the smart move to make. Yeah, it, it make played it. out. I mean, because, you know, it he either could have died that night because you don't know how good the shot was. Right. Or, like you said, he could have pushed away, but y'all made the smart move and you found him that morning. Yeah. You know, and he was still alive. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he definitely could have. Yeah, probably – it was probably 45 minutes from the time the first shot to the time we, that he dropped. Yeah. I mean, total. Did yeah. you did you see where that first shot ended up hitting? Because in my – just the way I heard the story, I, I doubt that first shot was probably going to be fatal. No, nah, it was back in, in yeah. the – if it – it was in the hip. Yeah. He was moving across. So, he, he might have lived for a while. On yeah, that. I yeah. think he may, have, he may have outlived that shot. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was fatal unless it got something internal, a kidney yeah. or something. You know, if it, if, it, back if it really hurt him, I would have figured he would have went and bedded down somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to hear 45 minutes later, he's still up with his herd. Yeah. You know, just, I mean, they're so, like we said, they're so damn tough. Yeah. That, I mean, he's sitting there with a friggin' bullet in his back hip and yeah. he's back at, you know, yeah. life. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think it would have put him down if that was the only one I got on him. But uh, you know, it's, uh, it's it wasn't the perfect hunt. It wasn't like one shot, and and but uh, a lot of them weren't like that either. Sure, you know, I've had a lot of very few of them. Where yeah, you get one shot and drop them. So uh, yeah, we try to do that every sure. time, but it just doesn't happen. And yeah. I mean, imagine thinking, "Oh, holy hell, there's an elk in front of me." I'm about to, you know, in Missouri, you know, this is happening. Yeah. I can see where the 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 level of anticipation and all that starts really building really quick on that first shot. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but Especially it was, when you got to wait 10 minutes or whatever it was yeah. to take that first shot. Oh yeah. yeah. I've been antsy. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. It was amazing. Well, congratulations, Gene. Thank you. We're, we're happy for you guys. Um, and we're excited to, to bring these stories to, you know, the different, the, all the listeners sure. in our, our yeah. area, yeah. uh, they're going to be able to hear, you know, at least a few of the stories from the, the first five as I'm coining them. Yeah. I don't know. There you go. I don't know why I thought of that, but, Works pretty easy. First, final four, <laughs> first five. five. The final there four, first five. So, uh, congratulations, buddy. Thank you. And uh, you got anything else for him, Micah? Gene, you got anything? No, I'm good. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to y'all later. All right. That's the show today. Congrats again to both Sam and Gene. And the other guys, obviously. Uh, yep. Goes without saying. Uh, thanks, Gene, for coming down. That was really cool. Yep. Good to meet him in person. It's kind of oh, yeah. cool to put a face with a name sometimes. Yeah. It's all, I mean, it's always better. It we we can't do this what we're doing all the time in person, but it's really nice whenever the circumstances line up and we can't do it in person. So much we, more fun. Yeah it, yeah, it is. You know, you, it's just it just flows better and stuff like that. So we really appreciate him taking time out of his day to travel down here and see us and you know do the show. So thank yeah. you, Gene. Yeah, and um, just appreciate the stories that they were able to tell us. Yeah, it's, I mean both of them. They had really good stories, and I mean, you know, it's going into this. I thought it was going to be like shooting fish in a barrel. To be honest, if I'm just being honest, I kept, you know I might have said that in previous, but and it wasn't that way. You know, especially during the archery season, right? From the two guys that we did talk to, it sounded like they couldn't even find them hardly. Oh, you know, so after archery season was over and nobody killed anything, I I actually thought there nobody's going to get anything here in Missouri. Yeah, you know? well, but, I was. I mean, because you don't know how much time, because 
us, we're obviously big archery guys. So I would have put a lot of my cards on that table. Yeah, I would have been, been down there nine and, straight and, days. And that, yeah, right. I would have done that that way. And that's not the case for everybody. So I understand that. And then obviously archery season is a lot harder anyways for anything. So it, but, so I was nervous, but I still was nervous coming into the rifle season. I mean, act, I act like I had a tag or something, <laughs> but I mean, it, so yes, coming into rifle, it was getting a little nerve wracking to be like, man, nobody got nothing. You figured at least you were thinking one would have got something yeah. or something. And then done. like the freaking floodgates open. I know. Within, what was it? Three, well, four days? Uh, yeah. I can't remember if Joe killed his on the opening day or the second day. I always mess up. I feel like it was the second day, but. All right. Know, let's I just say it was second. Nobody yeah. take my word for it, but. Right. You know, and then, and then Sam and Mike, I believe, got two the same day. And uh-huh. then the next day or the day after that. He, Gene got fifth day, right? Sure. I'm pretty sure it was fifth. I so. just listened to it and I already forgot. <laughs> and then Gene, you know, it's like boom, boom, boom. And, and um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So I'm um, excited for the guys. Um, you know, they're they're getting to harvest some elk. And yeah, um, think of all that freaking elk meat that oh, we don't get to eat. I know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe when we go go up there, see Gene. Maybe he'll give us some jerky or something like that. We'll beg for it. So uh, anyway, congrats to all them guys. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. We threw this together last second because we thought it would be a great time to have these guys on right after it happened. Mm -hmm. So hope you enjoy it. Um, Make sure to subscribe to our show if you get a chance. Leave us a review on any platform that you listen to. Uh, Check us out on our Instagram. Yep. Uh, What is it? At Missouri Woods and Water, all spelled out. Yep. Facebook page is probably the same thing. Um, you know, check those out. Um, give us a follow. Tell, uh, tell a friend. <laughs> tell a friend. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate all the support. And um, once again, congrats to our, our elk hunters. Anything else? Have a good one. See you, dude.